Hello and welcome to episode 12 of the Print Design Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Hopkins, also the founder of Print Design Academy, bringing you all things print here. Bringing you all, bringing y'all things print, bringing all things print, talking all things print, all of that here on the podcast. So before I introduce today's guests, I got to tell you that uh, I got something coming up. I got something coming up for Print Design Academy pretty quick. And if you are at all interested in graphic design for print or adding print design as some tools in your toolbox to offer your freelance clients, to offer you know your studio, increase your value to the studio that you're with, you're not going to want to miss this. So in order to not miss it, head over to printdesignacademy.com and sign up for the three-part video series to get you started. Just to start taking the steps in the direction of understanding print design, what's involved, and how it all works. How to get started with that. Three videos, all for free. I think there's, God, there's almost an hour of stuff, I think. It's 20 minutes for the first one. or It's a lot of content. It's, it's good stuff. It's not overwhelming. And uh, I try and make it fun. Plus, you get to look at my face for a little while. Bonus there. Um, so you don't want to miss that. Printdesignacademy.com, free video series there. Don't miss it. Get started with print design. Um, now with this guest, before I drop the name, which you probably already know because you click the button in Apple Podcasts or Spotify, nonetheless, before I hit record on this interview, me and this guest were chatting a lot about print, about chicken wings, but mostly about print and how important it is as a designer to have that knowledge. And the other term that I've heard um, from an instructor that I used to work with, they said, if you don't have an understanding of all of the tools available, all of the design tools available for a client, how can you create the proper design solution for them? If you don't have an understanding of all the tools. And print design is one of those tools that you've got to at least know what you're talking about, know how to pick the substrates or help your client guide through that process, um, you know, and to really talk the talk with them. So it's really important. Printdesignacademy.com, free video series there. So today's guest, as you probably already know, is Dan Jansen from Lincoln Design Co. During this episode, we talk a lot about print. Let's, let me just quickly run through some of the things that we talk about. Chicken wings from Pock Pock in Portland. If you don't know, now you know. G.I. Joe packaging, limited edition stuff, print packaging. Uh, High Street Deli design work that they've done. His first t-shirt design, design work he did in college. Um, a DC, a, a folder, a presentation folder, sales folder for DC shoes back in the day when he was working for DC um, and how that went sideways. We'll talk about gang run newsprint because... You think of a newspaper, how you can open that sucker up and it's huge. Imagine filling your artwork, your design work on that whole spread. Well, Lincoln Design Co. did it. They did a few of them. There's some pictures on our Instagram and uh, Dan breaks it down here for us on what was involved with that. Talk about mugs and coffee printing, the new coloring book that they've just created. Man, like loaded. This one's loaded. It's awesome. So ladies and gentlemen, I just want to dive right into this one. So let's get to it. My guest, Dan Jensen. Hit the music. 
Welcome to the Print Design Podcast, the show where we talk about all things print and packaging. We go behind the scenes with designers and talk about the print projects they designed that really rocked their world. From file prep to holding the finished product in their hand and all the key decisions in between. So let's talk ink on paper. Dan, welcome to the Print Design Podcast. How are you, sir? Good, good. How are you, Dave? Thanks Doing, for having me. No, happy to have you, man. Doing great up here. It. Uh, I remember our conversation on the Quickie Podcast distinctly and some of the stuff that you were showing off and talking about back then, and a bunch of it tied back into print. So as soon as I got this show off the ground, I really wanted to get you back on to talk about that further. Yeah, cool. Yep. I'm a, I, I love print for sure, so... Happy to be on. <laughs> awesome. So let's just give a little introduction to yourself and to Lincoln Design um, for the four or five people in the world that haven't heard of you. Okay. Yep. So my name is Dan Jansen. I'm creative director of Lincoln Design Company. And we are a small boutique design company here in the Portland, Oregon area. Um, there's seven of us. So kind of specialize in branding, packaging, um, skateboard graphics, stuff like that. So, awesome. Now, Portland, I have a number of amazing memories about Portland. And one of them is about chicken wings, Dan. I'm going to be honest. It's about chicken wings. Chicken wings. <laughs> okay, so Fire in the mouth. There is a place in Portland. Um, I think it's called Puck Puck. Okay. I've heard of that. Okay, you got to go there and you got to have the chicken wings. Okay. We had a place right next to our old office that was called Fire on the Mountain. Okay. And it was it was all chicken wings and it was it was super good. Awesome. I went down to Portland for a business trip and then also uh, down for my buddy's stag party and we basically ate our way around town. <laughs> nice. Perfect. <laughs> well, you got to once this whole uh, quarantine thing is over, you got to get back down here and we'll uh, we'll grab those chicken wings and Definitely. get a couple Okay, yeah. so in that case, hold off on the pock pock till I'm down there. I want to be I part will. of that first experience. Yep, yep, you can take me there. We'll, we'll do that. <laughs> Beautiful. Looking forward to it. So I like to kick, start this off by kicking it back and asking, what is your earliest memory of print and packaging? Something maybe from your childhood or your teens? Yeah, so I would say my earliest memory would be, uh, I don't know, back when I was probably, I'd say, eight or nine or whatever when I was – I was collecting and playing with basically G.I. Joe uh-huh. toys, and same time it was kind of Star Wars, Transformers, G.I. Joe, and on the back of the G.I. Joe packaging, they had a file a file card, which I have some old ones here. Um, this oh, thing. yeah. And so that, like, these, the actual packaging amazed me, even as a kid, and I'd cut these cards out, and I had every single one, and they were all filed. And then even on the front uh, on the front of it, the illustrations that came with each one, like I was just blown away by that stuff. And it was kind of the first time that I ever noticed like packaging or you know, or the the printing and everything on on a product. So that I, I would say that that would be it. I wish I still had all the fire, file cards that I had cut out. That'd be rad, but but I don't. <laughs> no, for sure. I remember like action figure packaging was the best back in the day. I was big into action figures. Yep. Yep, they had they had a bunch of you know bunch of really good packaging, and then the illustrations on the packaging were amazing. You know, 
Yeah, no, they just don't make action figures like they used to. They don't. No, no, not at all. <laughs> really old guy saying that <laughs> they don't make it like they used to, Dan. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we're we're kind of fortunate that we still get to uh, we do a lot of projects in that space still. Mm-hmm. We've done some work for GI Joe and Star Wars and Transformer. We're actually working on some Transformers packaging right now. Um, but yeah, so it's kind of cool because that was kind of my, my love back as a kid. So to be doing that now at 45 years old, it's fun. <laughs> so, okay, when that first G.I. Joe project came up for you, um, you know, after being such a fan as a kid, what did that, what was that like? What did that feel like? Oh, I was, I was so hyped. I mean, the only reason I have, like I have these, um, these packages here on my desk is because when that project, and this was probably 10 years ago. Yeah. When project came across my desk i was like holy shit like this is amazing this is like like a dream project to me so i ran out i bought a couple of like the recent the at that time the recent gi joe figures so i could see what was happening on the packaging and stuff because i'm like i haven't looked at this shit in a long time and on top of that i don't have any of my old stuff so yeah it was great so i went out i bought some kind of you know to reference that and then the first project was like a limited edition um, packaging for GI Joe, and it was supposed to be, it was supposed to be like limited edition. It was going to be a matte black, uh, basically blister card, and then it was going to be a, a spot UV hit on top. So everything had to be one color. So it was cool. We did those designs, then they ended up killing the project before it went to print. But, oh no! <laughs> yeah, so I was super bummed. Are right. you able to share any of the artwork from that, or is that locked up? No, I can. Yeah. Yeah. I'd have to dig it out. It was like 10 years ago and I actually never, never showed it. Um, but yeah, I can definitely, we did some illustrations and then we did all the packaging design. So I can definitely show that. Awesome. So what about recently then, Dan, have you had any recent interactions with print or packaging that you really enjoyed or was special or different or unique? Um, yeah, kind of, I mean, one that kind of comes to mind because we actually just got it. Uh, shipped to us was uh, we deal with a company it's actually a sandwich shop in California called High Street Deli Um, and it's kind of a unique place he's got a bunch of apparel in there we did his his branding all of his apparel and then we just recently did all of his packaging Um, so we did this box which was a uh, it's a sandwich box Uh, and it's kind of cool because it was printed on craft paper basically one color um, there's a pattern that's kind of, I don't know if you can see it, but it's kind of screened, yep. screened in the background, which ended up just being a dot pattern. Um, so it could be one color, but we just got these in the, in the studio and, and they turned out good. I mean, it was, I don't know what it cost to print or the whole details of the, of the, you know, print run, but I know he, you know, with the craft cardboard, um, and the one color I'm sure is, you know, pretty cheap. Mm-hmm. Now, did you spec the material for that? Like you told them, hey, go with a craft paper on this? No, we didn't. He came to us and was like, you know, I'm going to do a craft paper on this. We need it to be a one-color packaging. Um, we ended up working with him to create the die for it, but uh, we didn't We didn't spec out the paper. Unfortunately. Got it. So he came to you with the details, and you had to sort of design within those parameters. Yep, yep, exactly. And then we did the menu. The menu as well, which this kind of same thing, it wasn't, um, we didn't have any control over the paper. I probably would have done a craft paper on this as well um, to match the box, but he ended up going with white. So, um, but this too, we didn't, we didn't have control over the the paper or anything like that. 
you know, what I like about the paper selection that he did for that, though, is at least it looked like it was a thicker paper. It wasn't like, you know, just like some text weight stuff. It looks like it's more substantial. Oh, on the menu it is. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, it's it's like a cover stock for sure. It's probably a hundred pound cover, but yeah, it's definitely. It's not. So, I mean, honestly, I don't know if I'd have gone that thick just because if. I mean, it's nice. It feels like something. If you do grab it, you're probably going to take it home, put it in your drawer, yeah. so you can call them later, type of thing. You know, because it is so thick. So, yeah. um, and that's something you know we try and do with like our business cards and stuff. If you make it. You make the quality good enough, you know, hopefully people hang on to it, you know, same with a business card. Yeah, you put enough you know, the quality and effort into it. You make them feel guilty for throwing it away. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You make them yeah. hang on to it. Each time yeah. you hand it over, just say, just so you know, this card costs $2. Yeah, this costs a lot. Don't, don't throw it away. <laughs> if you are, don't take it. <laughs> awesome. So yeah. I'm interested to hear your answer to this next question here because you're in the, the studio owner creative director seat. Um what do you think makes print so special to designers, even if they've, even if they haven't had an opportunity to do any print design, they still love it. They still hang on to print pieces. Why? Why is that? Um, I think it's just more the textile kind of feel to it, and the fact that you know we're designing so much all day digitally, um, and then to finally get something physical in your hand, you know, that you designed, like that. That to me, that feeling and. And seeing that final product, that that's when when it's done. You know, you're kind of like, okay, shit, awesome. You know, where we have so many projects, a lot of designers nowadays, where you know it's just all digital. You send off the files, and that's that's the end of it. You know, you never get anything physical back. You never get the check. You know, what did it actually turn out? You know, what it looked like? Oh, this red is you know a little darker than I actually thought, or whatever. So to me, it's just having that physical piece of product and portfolio piece you know that that i love and you know i think a lot of a lot of designers that's why we buy books and things as well you know it's like you just you need that physical product definitely so business owner dan loves all design yes. but designer dan print or digital uh, i'm print print yeah for sure yeah and that's where you know that's why we make our own books and we print our own books and you know we have a couple books online that are that are digital PDFs, but at some point we have printed those books. Um, to me, I'm never gonna like lay out a book and not physically print it. You know, there's a point where where the work gets older and you know we're not gonna reprint it. But I, I pretty much print everything we do, and I've and I've said you know I I feel like and this has always been my thing. Um, and we do it a lot here is that when you're designing something like laying it out on a page, whatever it is, whether it's a logo or you're doing a brochure or whatever, when you print it out for that first time, like it looks totally different. Things, things are bigger than they looked on screen or it's, you know, it's closer to the edge or to the bottom. And you're kind of like, Oh damn, like I need to adjust this like on screen really, you know, see it like this. But once you print it out and you're holding even if it's just that printout, you know, that t-shirt design, you're kind of like, oh shit, okay, this looks a little different or the color is printing really weird. Like, is it my screen? Is it the printer? You know? Um, so yeah, to me, you got to print everything. Definitely. And you know, unfortunately that same, um, the same thought is for typos. You know, you could look at it on screen for months. Yep. As soon as you print it out, Boom. Yep. It just jumps off the page. Exactly. Yep. And as soon as you pay pay for the whole print run, 
you're going to find something. <laughs> that's like, that's like the most exciting, but also terrifying experience ever is opening the box when it's finished printing and it just arrived. Totally. Yep. Yeah. We've done it here. We're like, we get books or whatever and there, you know, it comes in, everyone grabs one, everyone's sitting down at their desk looking at it. And then someone's like, Oh, and you're like, fuck what? What? <laughs> <laughs> it's, oh, it's missing a period on the sentence. Okay. Okay. Shit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Missing a period. We can live with that. That's okay. Yeah. There's almost, I mean, there's a, there's a, an amount of commitment to print, you know, that isn't there digitally, yeah. you know, like you're, you are hundred percent committed when that file goes off to print where, you know, digital design and assets, it's kind of like, you know, if, if you find something wrong, you can go back, change it quickly, upload that file again or whatever, but print, yeah, you're, you're all in once that thing goes to print. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Again, such like a, a rewarding yet terrifying feeling. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, Dan, do you remember what the very first print project that you were ever a part of was? Um, geez, I was definitely in the beginning. It was I was doing uh, kind of t-shirt designs for a, uh, a surf shop in San Diego. Mm -hmm. So that that was like my first like actual paid to do design. You know, do the design, send it off, get a physical t-shirt back. Um, but that was screen printing, you know, which is, it's a little different. Um, but I would say probably the, the first one that was actually like a printed piece with, I worked for a sign company in Colorado when I went to college. And, um, when I, when I started working there, I was there for a couple of years and then they asked me to redesign their brochure, which was like a trifold brochure. And so I did that and that was like my first like physical piece. And I still have that. I still have like my old print portfolio that when I graduated college and it's it's in there somewhere. Nice. But, yeah. But it was a trifold little brochure. So yeah. I kept all I still have all my uh my stuff from college and when I worked at DC Shoes and I, I kept like one of everything. So So often designers tend to have a style. Um, you know, whether they try to or, or not, they tend to have a style. So if you went back and looked at that very first trifold brochure you ever created yeah. and you went to recreate it today, yeah. how different do you think it would be? I think it would look a lot different. Um, yeah, now, not, not totally, but yeah, at that time it was 1990, I'd say it was 98, 99. Um, there was a lot of like, I was just happy to be able to like do some multiplies and overlays in Photoshop and stuff like that. I think I laid the whole thing out in Photoshop and didn't even use Illustrator at that time. It was Cork Express. Yes. Um, so I didn't use any, anything like that. So there's definitely some things that I did on that just because I had learned how to do it. I was like, oh, this is cool, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I would clean it up a little bit nowadays for sure. All right. Well, if you find yourself with some spare time, I'd love to see a before and after. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <Cool>. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Now, Dan, have you ever have you ever been a part of a project that or a print project that didn't turn out as you'd hoped? Something that didn't go well or something went sideways. Um, can you tell us about that one? Yeah. Yeah. I had one. I, I worked at DC Shoes, which is a skateboard shoe company. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
for uh, four and a half years. And so I did a lot of the, uh, the POP. We did catalog, a bunch of catalog design, advertising. Um, I handled a lot of the point of purchase, kind of in-store packaging, displays, um, uh, promo stuff. And we had made a folder, almost like the old peachy folders. I don't know if a peachy folder was, but it was basically, it was like a uh, was, kids took them to school. But it was basically just it was a folder, and then there was two flaps on each side. You put your paper in, really oh, yeah. cheap, you know, real real cheap. Um, and so we basically made these folders that we were sending out to shops, and they could use them for whatever in their shop. Um, so it had like a big skate photo on the outside. Can't remember what was on the on the back. On the inside, it had a bunch of uh, a bunch of the DC Shoes products on the two flaps. Well, the printer, we told them the size we wanted. Basically, it was supposed to fit an eight and a half by eleven sheet of paper. Yeah, so like a nine by twelve, almost like a sales folder. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was basically like a sales folder, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, they sent us the die for it. So we told them what we wanted. They sent the die over. I designed the whole thing, laid it out. They. Uh, when they sent the proof over, it wasn't glued together or anything. So basically we just looked at the, the two sides of the paper. We're kind of like, okay, it's gonna fold like this. Yeah, printing looks great, you know, go for it, run them. And so we ended up doing, I wanna say that we did 50,000. We did a shit did a shit ton. And when they came in, we opened the first box, kind of handed them all out, and oh, these look great, da da da. Someone opens it up and goes to put that first piece of eight and a half by 11 paper in there. And they had glued all the all the uh, the flaps like too much and too close, so the eight and a half by eleven sheet of paper wouldn't fit in the the slot to hold it. So basically, they're all trash. They wouldn't hold any paper. Oh no! But you would have to cut like the paper down to like an eight instead, or like uh, ten like ten point five mm-hmm. instead of eleven because it wasn't tall enough. So we we basically sent them all back. Ended up kind of in this whole battle with them, whether it was our fault or their fault or or what. Um, but it was a bad deal. And it, you know, I was like, this isn't my fault. But at the same time, you know, I got my manager kind of going, well, you know, maybe we should have checked and da da da. Um, so yeah, that was that was a big one. I'll never forget that just because we couldn't. We had we had pallets of them. And we couldn't use them at all. I mean, it didn't hold paper. So what was the point? <laughs> oh, man. So did they end up getting like reprinted and sorted out and fixed? Yeah. So they redid them. But we ended up having to pay for like half of, of that first run. They took them, basically burned them, trashed them, yeah. and started over, made the flap bigger, cut down on the glue. And uh, and we made them in a, in a work. But yeah, it was a, I'll never forget that just because it was kind of like, I'm just thinking, I'm like, fuck, is this my fault? Like, is it the printer's fault? You know, am I going to lose my job over this? Like, <laughs> was this like early, pretty early on in your design career then? Yeah, it was. Yeah, that was my first job out of college was with uh, DC Shoes. So, um, yeah, I'd only been there like a year or something. And I'm thinking, Shh, I could get fired over this because this is going to cost them like, I don't know what it cost, cost them at the time, but I'm sure it was at least five, 10 grand. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, that was a bad one. So double double check, you know. Like when you're doing packaging and you get that proof in, or even if you're not going to get a proof, I mean, print that thing out, score it, fold it, whether it's a box, whether it's a folder, whatever it is, um, and try and print it to size and double check, you know, double check that the shit's going to fold the right way, especially with packaging. You know, you can have something that looks in Illustrator, you think it looks right, 
and then you print it out and you fold that box up and, and your logo's upside down. Totally. Yeah, especially designers who are new to understanding yeah. the intricacies of packaging and where the scores line, how it comes together, how it folds. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We have. Uh, we have. We are completing. Well, we completed two. Um, we're doing packaging. These packagings for uh, uh, Billy Eilish. Yeah. Uh, the singer. So we did this custom packaging for two. She's going to have these like their 10 inch basically like figures, dolls. And the packaging is um, it's supposed to the background. Basically, they wanted the packaging to be like reusable. So when you buy it, you can take the box, unfold it, fold it inside out. And it kind of makes a stage and then you can put her on it. And each one is based on a different uh, music video that she did. So we did two of them. They turned out super cool. They won't be out until probably December, November, December. Um, and we're, we're working on three more right now. But those those will be cool as far as packaging goes. And that that was one that the Illustrator file and the die line for that was super weird just because it was folding. You would take the box, open the box, take her out, basically fold the box inside out. And, and then that would make the stage. So the print, when you're looking at it in Illustrator, everything was like upside down and backwards. And so it was pretty funky. So on that die line creation, like do you guys tackle the creation of that die line or were you working with a packaging printer to sort of come up with that? So we started with, we basically sketched out what the die line, we sketched out what the packaging would look like. And then, and then from there sketched out what we thought the die line would look, look like. Mm -hmm. And the company we were working with, they have an engineer, packaging engineer. Awesome. That built that die line and built that box. And then he sent us video of him folding, folding the box up, unfolding the box, just so we could get an idea of, of how it was going to work. Yeah. But like a lot of, a lot of the big companies, like even like Hasbro, Mattel, they actually have like a section in there where they have engineers, just packaging engineers. And there's like five, six dudes and that's all they're doing. You know, it's incredible, you know, because creating a die line, especially, especially when you're trying to do something like, you know, a reversible box that turns into a stage, that sort of thing, like it requires a phenomenal amount of testing and tuning and understanding of the process and yeah. and how it's all going to work together from where do the scores meet what size of scores yeah. should these be and all yeah. of that changes depending on what weight of paper you're printing it on what i was going to say yeah depending on the paper you know is is going to determine where that score is and yeah 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 so that's i mean that's somebody's job for the most part you know usually is coming up with those dies when it's an intricate, you know, box or packaging. Definitely. And then once they've done that, they send you, I guess, the illustrator die line and you got to start laying out artwork. Yep, exactly. Yep. And like I said, it's hard to understand that die line until you print it and actually physically fold it yourself, you know? Yep. So, yeah. Well, and that's like super complex. Even if you scale it back to something a little bit more simple, like an auto lock bottom box, like when you look at that flat, you just go, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. No, until sure. you mock it up and see how it all glues and comes together, it's it's hard to understand. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. That's cool. Billy Eilish stuff. My daughters love Billy Eilish, so we're pretty stoked about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a fun one. Awesome. Um, super cool. So, project that didn't turn sideways in, or went sideways into something, you know, dialing talk. So, 
Then now, now I want to dive into one project. I want to do a deep dive into this um, and sort of give the listeners a preview of what's involved in like the behind the scenes decisions and boardroom conversations to get a piece from an idea to finished product in your hand. So what project did you pick for that? Um, So I picked these, our newspapers that we did, we did, I think like a year, year and a half ago. So we made these newspapers. Oh, cool. They're basically printed portfolios. Yeah. Uh, So this was something that I've always wanted to do. And I have, um, so each one, there's two of them, each one's different. You kind of got both of them, both of them shipped to you together. Uh, they're sold out now. I should probably reprint them or whatever. Okay, so uh, I, I love that idea. But what what made you fall in love with doing that idea and always wanting to do something like that? Why? Um, I like the, I just like the texture of a newspaper and the way, you know, a newspaper lays out and folds and when it's on your desk, it's huge. You know, my thought was, you know, if somebody gets this portfolio, it's on their desk and they're flipping through it, it almost takes up your whole desk, you know, and maybe it's probably a pain in the ass, but at the same time, it's beautiful branding. Yeah. At the same time, (laughs) the designs are, you know, like, like huge, huge in your face. Um, so it's something that I always want to do. Plus the fact that like actual newsprint paper, like when you're doing like a catalog or a book or something like that, like it's, it's really hard to get newsprint and actually print on newsprint because mm-hmm. this paper is done on, you know, a giant web press. Yep. So the run to do, to do a newspaper, I mean that once that web press gets moving, you know, they're printing, uh, I don't know, thousands and thousands of, you oh, know, yeah. four minutes goes by and you got 10,000 copies. Yeah. Yeah. So it's always been like, okay, you know, I would love to have that, that kind of physical feel to it. Um, but we can't do it on an actual web press. And so I've, in the past I've had printers, like I show them, I'm like, Hey, I want, you know, kind of this style. And they come back with like a thin kind of cheap paper. And it's like, no, you can definitely tell this is not newsprint, you know, yeah. it's just shitty paper. It's just a shitty white paper. Like, yeah. And then the newsprint, like, you know, it has a color to it as well. And actually these, they're like, if, even if they're not sitting in the sun, if they're like on a coffee table indoors, like they start to change color. Oh yeah. They yellow quick. Yeah. It starts to yellow, which is kind of rad. Um, so that was something, something I always want to do. And then I found this company in the UK that was doing it and I said, you know, emailed them, they sent some samples and I was like, holy shit, this is amazing. And they're basically taking a bunch of projects, laying them up, you know, all out at once, similar to sticker printing, you know? Oh, like they're doing gang run newspaper web print. Yeah. Yep. That is crazy cool. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, similar to like a lot of sticker companies, you know, they'll get your sticker. It's up on a sheet with uh, everyone else's order. Yeah. That's the same process that like Vistaprint uses for business cards and yeah. sales folders even like anything that they can gang run or basically template um yeah they, that's how they get those prices so low yeah yeah exactly yep so so this company was doing that and uh it's legit newsprint so we ended up uh making these and they turned out great i they turned out great but at the same time like they're um i was shocked at the color is good, but you got to like kind of understand that the printing process isn't that amazing. Like yeah. the details there, but the, the, 
the colors, the reds are, are not super vibrant, you know, they're pretty washed out, but that, that's also like, you can kind of see that red, uh, but that's also kind of the, uh, the appeal and the grittiness of it, you know, that I, wanted. so I wasn't really bummed when we got it back, but I was kind of like, Oh shit. Okay. Like, look, look at the red. Um, but the, that's, it, it all lends itself to the, I was going to say, in, in a weird way, it kind of almost complements the mm-hmm. product, like what it is. Like if it's on a newsprint, but it looks too good. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, it almost takes away from the effect of the grunge that you were going for, right? Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So they, they turned out good. I was super, super stoked on them. All right. Let's, I just want to unpack this just a little bit here. So you got this, uh, this newspaper idea. You want to put this together. You find this UK printer. How many of these things did you run? What was your budget for these? So we ended up doing 300, 300 of each. Mm-hmm. So 600 total because they're, they're different. Um, and then uh, we ended up, I think I wanted to, I was trying to keep the whole thing like under 3,000 yep. um, for the budget. And I want to say, I'd have to go back and look. I want to say it came in a little bit over that, um, but I could be wrong. It might have been under. Um, but yeah, it was it was basically around three thousand. So, so hearing the quantities that you want in newsprint, like for people who aren't you know too familiar with web print and things like that, there's a giant roll of this material running through literally a two story printer. Yeah, and yeah. it's flying through there. So doing three hundred copies, like you sneeze and 300 copies have gone through this machine. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. And their turnaround. And, and I think like the way they do it, like depending on when you get your file and, um, the, they, we ended up reprinting these, we did the 300 of each and then we did another run cause we were heading out to, uh, to a client. So we ended up making another hundred of each. Um, but, they, I mean, you send a file to this company in the UK and we ended up a week and a half later, they showed up. It was supposed to be like three weeks from the time they received the file till we got them. And uh, it was like a week and a half later, they showed up on our doorstep. We're like, holy shit. I'm like, I just sent that file last Monday. They already printed it and shipped it from the UK to Portland. And here it is. So it was super quick. So I'm assuming, you know, that they got our file went on press that next day with a whole bunch of other stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and then they packed it and shipped it. So was there any proofing process with this? Was it a soft proof or, or how did that go? It's all digital proof, basically PDF. They won't, well, well let me back up. You can pay a hundred bucks and they will send you a proof, mm-hmm. a physical proof, but it won't be on the actual newsprint. No. Like it's on just kind of a, I think there's just proofing paper or something. Yeah. It's just a digital print on proofing paper, you know, and that's more to, uh, to double check your spelling and mistakes than it is like the print color and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I passed on that. I was kind of like, eh, you know, I don't, I don't think I need it for this. If it's not going to be on the paper and the colors aren't going to be exactly what it is, I'll just pass and go, go with the digital proof, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, so it was basically a PDF digital proof. So for that newsprint, like how many pages is that newsprint? So I think they are, I want to say they're, 32 pages each or something. So when you're doing the file layout for that, are you designing it basically like it's going to be a bound book or did they send you some like templates or something to lay out your files to? Yeah. So 
No, they, they kind of just give you the page size and basically ask for, you know, a PDF or, or whatever, you know, I laid it out in InDesign and I did, I laid it out basically based on, you know, acting like it was going to be saddle stitch. I mean, none of it is, you know, it's just like a paper where every page comes apart and it's just a big, you know, every page is a different piece of paper, none, none bound at all. Um, but I basically set up my InDesign file like it was going to be bound and everything was going to stay in place and designed, you know, that way. So, Definitely. yeah, it worked. Yeah, it worked out good. And when they send the, the PDF proof back, it's all kind of, you know, reader ready, kind of laid out. You know, they don't send it back, you know, laid out to their, you know. Yeah, you don't flat. get like their printer spreads because that just looks confusing to most designers. Oh, uh, so, so confusing. When I was working at DC Shoes and we were doing 200-page catalogs, we would get, and this was when they were doing plates and we'd get film back and the whole deal, but we would get these sheets and they were like 28 by 30 or something. Mm-hmm. And basically as many pages on the catalog that could fit on each sheet, you know, would be up. But every page would be, it was print ready. So every page was like flipped upside down and you're looking at it going, fuck, where, where is this? Like, is this all going to line up, you know? Yeah, that's the the understanding of, you know, how you take your printer spreads and do this folded signature down to something that ends up being in correct page order. Yeah. That's a real, like, mind bender sometimes. Totally. Yeah, yeah. If you ever get a chance to see that and see your stuff laid out the, the way the printer does it, like, yeah, it's confusing. Yeah, I've done a bunch of tours and where I've showed the had projects that literally were just about to go in the folder to be folded SIGs. And I've been able to show students, like, when you look at this, do you think this is in page order? And they're looking at it, they're flipping it over, because you got, like, eight pages one side, none of them are, like, back-to-back, and then yeah. flip it over, and it's eight different pages, and they all look and they like, no, it's, it's wrong. Yeah. And yeah. then you show them the printed signature, cut three sides off, and you can flip through, and like, oh, my God, it's, it's in page order. Yeah. Yeah, yep. it's, it's a real mind bender for sure. Yeah, it is. It's crazy. So I love that you selected a a Lincoln project for this, like essentially a marketing project that you guys printed and put together. Because one of the questions that I'm always interested into is you know, when a designer or a shop takes on printing their own self promotion piece. Mm-hmm. What is the ROI on that? Like, you spend three grand on it, you spend four grand on it. Yeah. Do you see that come back in business? Is there a direct line for that for you? There is, yeah, for sure. I mean, I I've always printed like made portfolio books and pieces like that with the idea that I'm gonna you know send it to clients or take it with me on meetings to clients as a lead behind. You know, yeah. the last thing I want, last thing I want to do is get a call and show up at at a meeting with a client and have nothing to leave behind, you know, just, totally. you know, maybe just a business card or like super lame. Like, so I always like want a physical portfolio that I can leave behind. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time we have the shop on the website. So we sold these and they sold really well. Like well, any of our books on the website kind of sell, sell pretty well. So, so to me, it's always made sense. If I can spend three, three to four grand, five grand on a portfolio piece, m- 99% of the time I'm going to get a project from that and it's going to pay for it, you know, or two projects or three projects that are definitely going to pay for that printing, you know? Yep. So I, I think it's worth it. You know, it's, it's almost like, you know, saying, Oh, is it worth it to, 
to have a business card. I think so. You know, I know nowadays you can, you know, oh, here, here's my phone number. You know, here's my all my info. Um, but to me, like, you still need that business card that lead behind. There's something now where you can even do like hold your phone in your hand, open up LinkedIn, and kind of do this like fist bump with whoever you're wanting to share with. Yeah, and yep. that's kind of cool. But that interaction is almost immediately forgotten. Oh, hundred percent. It goes right into your your you know hundred plus people and contacts on LinkedIn, and you're like, I I have no idea. I can't even remember how to find that. You know, I, I'm not gonna go through all my my you know links on LinkedIn and try and find that person. And this is where the beauty of print, like, is just emphasized. Like creating memorable interactions with potential customers or a customer that you have that you're trying to close a sale on. Like mm-hmm. print is such a massive tool for that, from brand recognition, from brand perception, from all of those th- angles. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and that's one of the things that's kind of bumming me out about this whole quarantine and all this. You know, is that I'm hoping that you know people are getting used to this, like working at home and buying stuff from home. Um, you know, and you still need to get shipped that physical product. But like even for me, I have we did we made some coffee bags and coffee mugs, and I was going to at a meeting and uh, at Hasbro, and I was going to fly out there. We were going to show some of our new work. I was going to give everybody a coffee and a coffee mug and and all this. And then the you know the COVID nineteen thing happened. And so they're all working from home. So I'm like, shit, I have these physical products I want to get to these people, but they're not at their office, you know? Yeah. Uh, so it was, it was tough. I ended up getting a lot of people's, you know, home address and sending them a book and a bag of coffee and a coffee mug, and they were super stoked. But, um, but yeah, I just, I hope we don't lose any of that, you know, with this whole deal. No, I don't think so. I think it'll come back and it'll, you know, I, w- I won't say that it'll be back to normal or as it was before there will definitely be some changes and who knows what those are yeah but i think consumer appreciation for things that required effort physical products that required effort are are still going to be pleasant surprises yeah yeah for sure and you know you're in a really unique position with lincoln too because you can use them as business to business promotions but you also have a business to consumer like e-commerce section Yes. Yeah. So that ROI is you know even easier for you to achieve when you're printing stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. We actually just today. I need to shoot photos um, this evening, but uh, we made a, a coloring book. So I was seeing you know I was seeing online on Instagram and all this shit of these everyone's making these coloring books. You know, even some of our clients like Hot Wheels and stuff. Like you can download these, you know, the Hot Wheels cars and, and some of these layouts. And we actually did a lot of the coloring book stuff for them. And you can download it and print it at home and color your piece of paper, you know. And my thought was like, ah, fuck that. Like if it's a coloring book, it's a coloring book. Like I don't want to print that shit at home and, you know, color on my paper from home. So we made a physical coloring book that we'll actually put up tomorrow on Instagram and on our website that you can buy. So that too that's one of my things you know i'm just like no like this whole digital coloring book thing like no we need we need a physical coloring book in its true form yeah yeah so we made one so that's so cool okay tell me tell me your face is in there ready to be colored 
No, no, it's not. We, actually, <laughs> we, have, we have illustrations of all of our faces. That's like on our team page on the website. Yeah. And Dustin had suggested, he's like, maybe one of the pages is all of our heads. And I was like, oh, shit, that'd be super funny. And then the page count and what I was putting in there, kind of at the end, it didn't make it in. And I'm like, oh, maybe I should have. But, yeah, it's, it's not in there. <laughs> maybe those maybe those can be the printables for the, for the guys who yeah. really want to print Dan's face and color it in. True, true, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Love it, man. So um, just the last question on that newsprint project from, oh, my God, this is possible – to holding finished product in your hand. It sounded like the print production was fast, but on the file prep side, how long was that for you guys? Um, that was probably, <clears throat> I kind of, I do most, I do all the kind of book design and layout and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the problem is I'm kind of busy with a bunch of other things. So what I'll do is I'll usually have a date that I need it for, whether it's a meeting or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll kind of work towards that date. So this, I think I spent like, I want to say two months, but that was like, that's kind of on and off. That's working on it one day. I don't touch it for three days. You know, I come back to it the next day, spend eight hours on it. Um, But I would say probably it's, it was probably, I don't know if I sat down and I could just dedicate my time to it. Like it's probably like a 40 hour. I think I could get it done in a week, you know, in 40 hours, but a lot of it is just collecting our old work and formatting it and, and stuff like that. But yeah, definitely. But I gave myself, I gave myself like two months to get it done. Cause we, we did have a meeting that I wanted them for. So yeah, always good to have a deadline. You do, you have to have a deadline um, or shit. Like, especially when it's a personal project, you know, cause it, mm-hmm. it's never good enough or it's never quite finished, you know? So you definitely have to have like, okay, I need to get this shit done by this date. Like we did, we did this, uh, our logo now, logo mayhem book, yeah. uh, this one. And so we had a deadline of, uh, we wanted to have it out for black Friday, you know, last November or whatever. So that was kind of my deadline and it got real close and real tight. And there were some late hours put in to get the file off in time to get it back for that, you know? Yeah. Um, but good thing we did have that deadline or I probably would have kept pushing it off, you know? Definitely. Give yourself a deadline. So there's so many designers out there, Dan, and I've interviewed, you know, over 200 of them now through the Quickie podcast and through, um, you know, being in the print industry. We're probably over 300 at this point. Um, and they all love print. Whether they've had a chance to do print and produce print or not, they all love print, keep print samples, keep hard copy printed things they like. Why do you think that is? Why do designers love print so much? I don't know. I mean, like I was saying, I just think it's that physical thing you can hold in your hand, you know? Um, and that's why we made our book, because the logo book, because to me, like, especially logo books are like something that every single designer has, you know, um, you can go on Pinterest and all these different websites or whatever and dribble and look at logos all day logo lounge. Um, but to have a physical book of logos, like to have that physical piece, I think is amazing. And, and like I said, when you look at a logo in a book printed on a page compared to, compared to like, you know, on, you know, whatever on dribble, like it, it looks different. It feels different. It has a feel to it that you don't have on screen, you know, um, especially if you just put like you got a, a one page and a big logo on the middle of that page, like and it's printed like that. That to me is amazing, you know? Yeah, for sure. So designers who want to get into print, 
where what advice would you give them where where should they start um what should they do first to get started with print design I mean, I would start with dedicating and, and pulling some of your own resources and your own money um, and start with your own promo, whether it's just a business card and you're going to spend 100 bucks on that and that's all you have um, or 50 bucks or whatever, um, but dedicate some money and some time to your own personal printing and branding. You know, if you get a project in, take a portion of that project, 25%, set it aside, <clears throat> do the same with the next one. You know, hopefully you can. Um and then, uh, you know, kind of build up a little account and then, you know, make a book, make a, you know, whatever, a notebook, a portfolio book, a, a business card or something like that. Start there, you know, get a couple of those under your belt and then hopefully, you know, the client work will come come later. Definitely. No, beautiful. So, Dan, I want to wrap up here with what I call the ask the audience question. Um so when this episode goes up, this question is going to be posted in a big tile on Instagram and we're going to have all of our listeners sort of weigh in and give their feedback and their answers to this. So what is your ask the audience question? Jeez. Uh, um, I guess what, what is your favorite printed pro- product? Like, like to me, one of my favorite things to see printed is coffee bags yeah or beer packaging yeah um, we don't do a lot of like beer stuff we do some coffee work but like the printing that's done on on coffee bags like they can do a lot of foils a lot of cool papers a lot of stickers on top that are holding it down and um and to me like the whole coffee <clears throat> the whole coffee industry and that printing like is amazing so i guess my question is like what is your favorite product that is printed that you like, uh, you know, look at, buy or whatever that is a printed product. Yeah, that's an easy one for me. Luxury spirits, like high end spirits. Oh uh, yeah. The labels, yep. like some of them are so intricate. Um, yeah. even getting into printed tubes and, you know, boxes for high end whiskeys and things like that. I yeah. love all that stuff. Yeah. That stuff's amazing. You, have you seen a stranger, stranger? Oh yeah. Yeah. I follow yeah. them on Instagram. Yeah. Um, those dudes are amazing. Yeah, and I think one of the coolest ones that I've seen them do fairly recently was their own was something for themselves. They partnered with one of their customers, really? and did their own label design, and branded their own product. And again, it would have been client promos, client giveaways. Just uh, mm-hmm. yeah, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. The spirits industry is amazing, and they have they have you know good good budgets for foils and embossing and you know the whole deal. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, you can afford to spend two or three dollars on a label for a high-end spirit usually. Yeah, for an eighty-dollar bottle of whiskey, you know. <laughs> exactly. Throw some money at that label. Yeah. Yeah. Dan, this has been awesome, man. Diving deep into print with you, I love hearing all the stories and you know, reminiscing on the the action figure packaging and some of the classic stuff that I grew up with as a kid. And um, yeah, so thank you so much for your time and being my guest today. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Yeah, it's fun. I'm always down to talk about print and and everything. So thank you. All right. All right. That is the end of today's episode. Thank you so much, everybody for listening. Uh, Dan is just full of knowledge and stories and he has so much, um, you know, history in the game and, and has been through so many different types of projects and, and types of customers and that sort of thing. I love the knowledge that he brings and shares with us. So thank you, Dan. 
And if you are interested in print design, like Dan was saying the whole episode, like it's a big deal. It's an important thing. The best way to get started is saving up some dough, printing something for yourself, just experimenting. The next step would be head over to printdesignacademy.com. Check out our free video series that'll help you make some of those decisions toward getting that first print project just dialed in and nailed down before you go for it. Again, that's printdesignacademy.com, free video series there. Thanks, and we will see you later.